Hi guys, uh, Pastor Greg Corcoran here from Battlefield Baptist Church. Uh, pray that this sermon is a blessing, an encouragement, and a challenge to you in your walk with the Lord. Additionally, I just wanted to say that if we here at Battlefield can ever be a blessing to you, please don't hesitate to contact us. And the best way to do that is through our website at battlefieldbaptist.org. Again, I pray this sermon blesses you, encourages you, and uh, that you'll fall more in love with God, more in love with his word, and more in love with people. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this day that you've given us, God, and the reminder that because Jesus lives, we also shall live. Lord, what a wonderful, wonderful God you are, who loved us so much that you sent your son to die for our sin. Lord, help us never to get over, help us never to get over the grace that you have shown, the mercy that you have shown to each of those who call upon the name of the Lord. God, help us to be mindful to share that truth and that love with people that we come into contact with. God, thank you for these songs that we're able to sing and to praise your holy name. Lord, I pray that you'll be with us now. God, I pray that you'll be with Brother Ron as he encourages our hearts here for just a few moments of time, Lord, that we might hear from you today. Lord, that your word might fall upon the good soil of our hearts. Lord, that you might be glorified. Lord, if there's somebody in this room or somebody watching that has never trusted Christ, never trusted Christ as their Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray that today you would make it abundantly clear the message of your love and the message of the truth of Christ that people would be saved. Lord, I pray for those who have strayed or those who are struggling with, with sin or whatever it is, Lord, that you would just draw them close to you. God, remind them of your deep and great love. Lord, thank you for the songs. Thank you for the time we've had to be in your house. God, I pray that you'll be with us now in the next few moments of time, and we'll be careful to give you the praise for all that you'll do, for it's in the precious and powerful name of your son, Jesus, and for his sake, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Ron, I'm going to ask Brother Ron to come, and as he's doing, I want to say, Corey, I see you back there, you and your mom, and I, I, I don't know who that lucky dude is sitting beside you, but brother, let me just tell you, you are one lucky dude back there. Yeah, you better give a thumbs up. You, you might want to give two thumbs up. It is good to see you guys here, and I also want to give a shout out to the two lovebirds across from you, Stan and Donna Suffin. Forty years she's put up with him. <laughs> she said that's true. <laughs> Forty years she's put up with him. She said that's true. Well, God bless you. It is so good to be in the Lord's house, and man, I'm excited. Uh, John, it's good to see you and Tori, and baby Gregory, although you did not name him Gregory. Hmm, it's good to see you. Uh, I'm not bitter about it either. All right, it's good to see you guys. Man, would you guys put your hands together one more time for Ron Davis, missionary to Poland. God bless you. Am I on? There we go. Good morning. Hey, it's good to be here. I'll tell you what, I have enjoyed the whole time that I've been here. I have enjoyed, enjoyed the, uh, the song service. You guys ought to enjoy that. Do you? Because I'll tell you, there's a lot of places that don't have that. Um, that don't have this. So this is just a really tremendous thing. I, we were singing that song, Cornerstone. 
And I was just thinking about that, and I thought, isn't that amazing? Because um, I just sang that just a few days ago in Estonia with a uh, room full of missionaries and some that had come from very difficult circumstances and situations, some of them who had fled from Ukraine and their homes and the things, the ministries, the different places that they had been ministering in are all destroyed now. And, uh, but they sang, sang God's grace and they sang with their hearts full. And you know, it was in that room, <clears throat> just sitting there singing that. And we realized and we stopped and we prayed and we thanked God for the fact because the hotel was a hotel that was hosting Ukrainian refugees. So we had them right there in the hotel with us. And so it was just an, uh, an interesting time. And so just appreciate your prayers for that. If you have your Bibles, if you will open them up to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I'm going to kind of go back and forth to a few different places. But 2 Corinthians chapter 4, I'm talking about not ourselves. Not ourselves. Listen, folks, this is not about us. I know that you're here this morning, some of you are here, and you have tremendous burdens on your heart. And yes, you came to the right place for that. But what it is, is to move beyond that and to see it is not about ourselves, but it is about Jesus Christ, and he is the answer to those burdens, and he is the answer to those needs in your hearts and what you have in your life. And yes, today is um, Palm Sunday. You know what? I love Easter and the Easter uh, time more than Christmas. I do. I, I just, I, I'm always kind of like, man, this is kind of sad that, you know, all the great stuff doesn't happen during Easter. You know, everybody puts so much into Christmas and it gets lost. But um, I love Easter and I love the different things about that. Um, so if you have your Bibles open to 2 Corinthians 4, I want you to keep your fingers there and turn back to John chapter 12, all right? So kind of just stick with me a little bit this morning. I just want to give you kind of a go through a few things and kind of go from out here down into just this small spot and just really look at it and understand that it is not about ourselves, and it is, but it is the ministry that God has given us that we may be able to reach those that are around us, those that are in our lives, those who God has brought into our lives that we have connection with, our neighbors, our friends, our family, all those different things. And that even though in the midst of the difficulties that we are experiencing, God says, I want to use you through those difficulties to show my glory. So if you will, will uh, pray with me here, and then we're going to read from John chapter 12. So let's pray. So Father, thank you so much for your grace. I thank you for the fact, Lord, that you've given us this privilege, this opportunity to be able to gather together here today as as uh, believers, Lord, and seekers, and, and Lord, just to see you. And we pray that that's what would happen today, Lord, that we would see you. Lord, that you would uh, enlighten the eyes of our heart, that we may um, understand the length and the breadth and the depth of, and the, the width of your love. Lord, that we may be able to see you, to come to know you and the power of your resurrection. And Lord, being made conformable to your suffering, Lord, we just pray this, that you would be glorified. 
in all these things. Thank you for giving us your word, your sure and steadfast word, that we may be able to see you in it and that we may be able to understand. Pray that the Holy Spirit would move among us and in our hearts and give us understanding of your word. Guide us into all truth as he said he would. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. John chapter 12. Interesting chapter. So you see that in John chapter 12, uh, look at verse 12 there. So John 12, 12, he says, On the next day, much people that were come to the feast, when they heard that Jesus was coming to Jerusalem, took branches of palm trees and went forth to meet him and cried, Hosanna, blessed is the king of Israel that cometh in the name of the Lord. And Jesus, when he had found a young ass, sat thereon. And as it is written, Fear not, daughter of Zion, behold, thy king cometh sitting on an ass's colt. These things understood not his disciples at first, but when Jesus was glorified, then remembered they that these things were written of him and that they had done these things unto him. This is Palm Sunday, so this is the thing. We celebrate the triumphal entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. All right, so that's kind of what we're looking at. That's the beginning of this. And if you look at the different things, there's so many things that we could preach and, and speak about with this, with Jesus and about how this works, uh, about all the elements of this. But I wonder one thing is, is that if you think about this, it's interesting, is, is that he sat on a donkey. He entered Jerusalem on a donkey and not on a horse. If you see in Revelation, he's returning on a horse because he is returning as the conqueror. He is returning as the king. When he was entering into Jerusalem, as he was coming in on a donkey, he was actually coming in as a peace. He was coming in as part of peace, as the king of peace. And the people were accepting him. But you know what? When he was entering, we call it the triumphal entry. But the interesting thing about this is, is that that triumphal entry was an entry that was entering a triumphal entry into suffering. A triumphal entry into rejection, to betrayal, to abandonment, and then ultimately to death. And so, yes, the pastor is right. This is not the end, you know, the, the, the time of the end, it's the time of the beginning. And see, that's what I want us to understand today is that many times, many of you are going through difficulties. And listen, as a corporate group, we are living, if you know, even if you're not at this moment going through that kind of a difficulty that you know is tough and you know what they are, if you're not going through that, you are, we are as a corporate group, as a nation, we are going through difficult times, uncertain times. As, a, as believers, we are going through uncertain times, difficult times. And, and not in the sense that, you know, hey, we're being persecuted in that, but there's so much uncertainty today. Wouldn't you agree with that? I mean, how many of you just love, can't wait to get up in the morning and turn the news on? Yeah. <laughs> right? And see what day it is with the war. And what other horrors are being perpetrated? This is the time that we live in. But yet the issue that we need to remember and always, and I tried to put it across to when we were in our last uh, uh, meeting together, their session together, was is that the promises of God are never overthrown. The promises of God are true and steadfast, and they are there. And listen, folks, Jesus is coming. Yeah. 
we're looking here today as him coming into Jerusalem, riding on this donkey, riding and bringing peace and bringing this. And he was entering into this time, this time of difficulty, this time of, hey, the last few days of his life. But yet he continued on. Listen, look at what he says down here in verse 23. Um, Go go to verse uh, John chapter 12, verse 23. He says, And Jesus answered them, saying, The hour is come that the Son of Man should be glorified. And then he says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. He that loveth his life shall lose it. He that hateth his life in in this world shall keep it unto life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Look at verse 27. He says, now is my soul troubled. And this troubled isn't a trouble of, man, I forgot the keys. You know, or, wow, when am I going to, you know, I got a flat tire kind of, you know what I mean? It's not that kind of trouble. This troubled is a deep moving experience of trouble and and just that kind of time and you have if you have anything over five any anybody who's over five anybody here over five right you know if you're between five and 105 I don't know if there's anybody here who's 106 but that includes you too but you know what trouble can be and it's not measured in the sense of of you know Somebody looks and they say, well, my trouble is more than your trouble. It doesn't matter. That's not the issue. It is that, that thing that moves us and where we grieve it and we're feeling it and we're understanding it. And it, it, you know what? It's there when you go to sleep. If you can sleep, it's there when you wake up if you slept. That's that kind of trouble that he's saying there. And he says this. He says, now, excuse me, verse 27, now is my soul troubled and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. We have to understand, Jesus Christ knew before the foundations of the earth that there was a purpose and a direction to the fact that he was coming from heaven and being made fully man and fully God and dwelling here on the earth and that he was headed for the cross for a purpose and for a direction Listen, folks, your life does not have, it's just not there. You're not just sitting here for no reason. You have purpose and meaning to your life. Even if you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior at this moment, let me tell you what, God has purpose for you. God has direction for you. Even in the midst of all the difficulties, even in the midst of the things that you're struggling with, there is purpose and there is reason for it. And God says, I want to use that. Jesus said this. He says, now is my soul troubled. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. But for this cause came I unto this hour. And then he says this. Father, glorify thy name. You see, folks, it's not about us. It's not about ourselves. It's not... It's not about the difficulties and the things that we're struggling with. And yes, we come and Jesus is the answer to those things. And we rightfully come to him and we seek him in that. And we say, Lord, here's my problem. I just read just this week. It was an interesting thing. Um, I read this. 
um, and it was kind of quoting from another book. But they said this, the author said this, pain redeemed is better than pain removed. Let me say that one more time. Pain redeemed is better than pain removed. You see, Jesus Christ, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 30, he says that he's made unto us wisdom, right? And righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. Jesus has come, has come. The reason that he entered into Jerusalem was to redeem the earth, to redeem us from sin and from the power of sin and from the, the, the ravages of sin. And, and if we recognize that and understand that, there is no situation that God cannot enter into and then redeem and take that situation and move it from being the destructive aspect of the thing and being that horrible thing that you just do not want to deal with. And you're praying. Listen, folks, I have prayed. I have prayed with my entire being before. And I said, please, dear God, remove this. You know, my dear wife um, married for 34 years. The reason I'm here today by myself is because she's with Jesus. Um, she lost her battle with breast cancer. 2019, she lost her battle with breast cancer. I always like to say this because it is the absolute truth. She lost her battle, but because of Jesus, she won the war. She's with Jesus Christ right now. Absolutely, because the promises of God do not fluctuate. They do not move. They, They are absolute. And she is with Jesus Christ. And it is through that. I had the opportunity, I had the, you know, you could either take the pain and allow the bitterness and the anger and all those things to overwhelm you, or you take it to Jesus and you say, Jesus, I don't want this. I can't deal with this. I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know what you're going to do with this, but you've got to do something with it. You take this. And that is, hey, listen, I'm telling you what, there'll be times I'd have to pull the car over. And you understand what I mean because you're so broken and hurt and you're just desperate for God to do something. And I'd pull the car over and I couldn't even drive. And I'm saying, Jesus, you got to do something. It wasn't just one time in the morning, folks. It was all through the day. And it is even now. It's even now, and I take it to Jesus, and I say, Lord, you know this. You know the pain that this is, but I want you to do this. I want you to be glorified in this. Father, glorify thy name. And it was a big shift in my heart when I moved, and this, when I read this, this pain redeemed is better than pain removed. I prayed for God to remove it. I prayed. I mean, I mean, we prayed. People prayed diligently and, and every day praying for my wife, praying that God would remove the cancer, that God would just give her remission, use the things of the doctors and use all that. And you know what? It came to a point where at one time we thought, my goodness, thank you, Lord. What a tremendous thing. Her cancer seemed to have gone into remission. And we experienced two months And they were fantastic months. I have to tell you, it was just like a gift of God. But then that cancer came back and it came back with a vengeance and there was no stopping. And then one day, the love of my life took her last breath here on earth. But she went 
for her best breath of air with Jesus. And listen, I can stand here and tell you it that way and rejoice in that because Jesus has redeemed the pain and continues to redeem it. You see, that's why he said here, he says, now is my soul troubled. It is torn apart because he knew where he was headed for and what he was doing and he knew what was about to happen and he knew what he was going towards. But he says, now is my soul troubled. What shall I say? Fathers, deliver me from this hour. But for this purpose came I unto this hour. There is a reason. Folks, listen, I understand our lives are things we're not ever exempt. Listen, there's only when when people preach and say that when you become a Christian, you become exempt from all the hurts and all the different things. Be, be very wary. They want something. And they're leading you down a road that is not according to Scripture. Paul said this in Second Corinthians chapter one. He says, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant of the troubles of the trials that we had in Asia, that we were beside ourselves. We felt like we had the sentence of death upon us, but that was so that we would trust in God who raises the dead and not in ourselves. Whoa, man, I don't know. You get excited about that? I get excited about it because I look at that and I was just talking to a dear brother just a little bit ago and I was saying the fact that it's not just words on a piece of paper. It moves from here to here in our lives. And there's a purpose for that. When we allow God to redeem the pain, more so than just removing the pain. Because if the pain just disappeared, we would never really appreciate the grace of God and God's pouring out and God's very presence in our life. Turn with me back again to 2 Corinthians. So here's that thought. Jesus is entering in. Triumphal entry. Palm Sunday, and this is what, and hey, right, you know what? It is right that we see this. And it is right that we recognize it and revel in it because it is what Jesus did. And that he was doing that to bring us to himself. That he was doing that so that he may pour his grace out upon us. That he was going to go through that situation knowing the end of it. The end of it was resurrection. Folks, in Jesus Christ, there's resurrection. Resurrection is not just coming back. You know, you're asleep and then you wake up. No, resurrection is death to new life. Different life. Resurrected life. That's what Jesus wants in our lives. That's what he wants in your life. If you've come seeking today, Jesus wants to give you a resurrected life. He wants to pour your grace, his grace out into your life. He wants to do this. That's why he sat on that donkey and rode in. Listen, folks, everybody cheered him. Everybody lifted him up because what they wanted was a king to deliver. Listen, Lots of people want a king to deliver, but they never want a king to rule. Right? Deliver me, God. That's why I'm here this morning. And if you don't, I ain't coming back. Because guess what? 
me, I'm numero uno, number one. And if you don't do this for me, then all bets are off. And God says, hey, listen, I've done everything. I rode on this donkey, let people cheer me. And then just a few days later, they rejected me and then crucified me. So that I could raise to new life to give you new life. And that's what it is for. This is why I'm here. This is what I am doing. And he says, this is the purpose of my life. And listen, Paul then takes this. In in, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look at verse 1. He says, seeing we have this ministry as we received mercy, we faint not. Anybody here ever faint? I know I've been knocked out a few times. (laughs) Sometimes, yeah, you just kind of one of those, whoa. But I did. I had a a fainting spell. Um. I can I remember I'm mean, I was just kind of one of those situations and it was really hot and all kinds of stuff man and I was like uh oh you know and and then when I woke up it's, I did, had no strength you know you know what I'm saying I just I just kind of wanted this to lay there that's what Paul is saying he says we faint not we're not just dropping out and if you wanted to see what ministry it was in chapter 3, you could read there a little bit later that in chapter 3, he's talking about the ministry of the Holy Spirit, the ministry of the new covenant. And that the Spirit comes and ministers through you. And the, and the, the Spirit has given them a ministry, given us a ministry that we may minister to other people, that we may come and use our lives and show in our lives, show the things that God has done in our lives. You know why many a times we don't talk to other people? It's because we haven't allowed God to work in our own life because we're afraid. We're afraid that if we say, Jesus, you are my king, Jesus, you, whatever you want, Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. Just like Jesus in the garden. We're afraid. You know what we're afraid of? Oh my gosh, he might make me a missionary. And I'm just going to kind of do a little side plug here. You got to give up some things if you're going to be a missionary. I've got a granddaughter on the way, my first granddaughter. I'm leaving at the end of this month, you know, when she's born. July. So I'm going to miss that. And I'm kind of sad about that. But here's the thing. I've, one thing I've learned is, is God makes up for things. His grace is sufficient. Whatever we give, whatever we feel is a sacrifice is really not a sacrifice Because God's saying, I can use every ounce of everything that you give, every hurt, every loss, everything. I can use that to glorify myself and bring others into this life of grace and and love and acceptance. And he says, "That's that's who I am. I can use that. And Paul is saying, he says, we don't faint. Verse 2, he says, but we have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. And then he says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. And this is what we... We're going to focus on here for just another few moments. He says, For we preach not ourselves, 
We don't talk about ourselves. You know what? When we give our testimony, it's the testimony of what God has done in our lives. It is the testimony of the grace of God functioning and moving and working to take a a punk little kid from New Jersey and bring him to this point where God's grace has just been overwhelming and God's protection and God's provision and all those things. Because guess what, folks? I I didn't have a whole lot of hope. You know? Single, single parent family and, one, and the parent, single parent didn't want me. But yet Jesus did. And Jesus has proven that all the way through. And you see what God does is he brings us in and he says, look, I want to use these things. And that you, you can just manifest this grace. You are a vessel of God's grace. And you are the person that is sitting in your office that the grace of God has just been dumped out on you and people can look at you and go, hmm, they're a little different. And God wants to use that. He wants to use you here. Listen, folks, I want to say this. Um, you know, lots of times I hear the, 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 the thing people say, well, there are goers and stayers. There are people who go and there are people who stay by the stuff. That's not biblical. There are no stayers. The Lord says in Matthew chapter 28, he says, Go ye therefore into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Acts chapter 1 verse 8, he says, Ye shall be my witnesses. Ye shall be witnesses unto me in both Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. There's no staying and sitting. All of us are goers. Some of us just go farther. That's just a difference. We go a little farther. You stay, but you go. That's what we did yesterday. You were going. And that's what, but here's what God wants to do. In verse 5, he says, For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. And God says, hey, listen, these things that, I'm, uh, that are happening in your life, I'm not necessarily throwing them into your life and going, I'm being going to beat you up just so that I can use you differently. It is the fact that we live in a sinful world and our bodies are, are tainted and broken by sin and we, we wrestle with that. And God says we we've have a hope and, and of, of being resurrected and redeemed from that. We have that hope out and ahead of us. But here right now, he says, if you live in me, you live through me. You live resting in me and resting in my grace. He says, I will, I will take that and show a redeemed life. Even in the midst of the difficulties. And look what he says in verse 6. He says, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Listen, folks, the grace of God is shining in your life. If you seek it and you understand it, you say, listen, Lord, I don't know where that grace is. I've done that. I've like, Lord, I don't know where your grace is. You said your grace is sufficient. I'm not, I'm not experiencing it right now. And I don't think it's sufficient. And God's willing to work with that. God's willing to work with this. He says, I'm seeking those who will worship me in spirit and in truth. That's what he told the woman at the well. Spirit and in truth, meaning I'm going to come to you in a spiritual way and say, Lord, I'm trusting 
that your word is true. And the truth is, is, I don't know it's true, but make it true to me. And what that does is then, as Paul said this, he says, we faint not, we've got this ministry, and God is using this ministry to shine this light. He shined this light into our hearts of this beautiful knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And now that light will shine through us to the, li- to the lives of other people. It's not about us. It's about what Jesus has done through us. And it is not about us. And yes, listen, folks, you come to Jesus. When you've got the needs, you come to him. But remember this. Pain redeemed is better than pain removed. Would I rather have my wife here with me? Absolutely. But that's not something that would happen. It is a situation and a a result of the brokenness of our bodies because of sin. And not her sin. God wasn't punishing us. God doesn't, he wasn't looking at us and going, hey, you remember what you did back there in 1983? Gotcha. That's, that's not how that works. But God says, I can take this situation, no matter what it is, and redeem it so that the light, this beautiful light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the beautiful light of God, then and through Jesus Christ may shine through your light into the lives of other people. And as you are going, God uses that. It's nothing that I have to do special. I'm not a special person. I'm going to Poland. And it's not because I'm a special person. If you knew me, you'd be like, man, that guy, he's not really all that smart. (laughs) God's using him, you know? Yeah, he's using me. But it's not because of me. It's because I'm just sitting there and I'm going, Lord, whatever. Lord, it's not about me. And yes, there are things I, I would plan and I would love to have happen, but it's really not about me. I'm just throwing myself on you and allowing you to move and you to work and you to do these things. Do this with me. Last scripture, I want to kind of pull this back together. Go over to the book of Revelation. All right. And look at Revelation. Let's look at Revelation chapter 5. Revelation chapter 5. And let me just, let me give you this, Revelation chapter 5. You need to read through this because this is a beautiful picture. This is a beautiful picture of the person of Jesus Christ, the Lamb, as he is standing there and he is in heaven and the exaltation of that and of, of him. And look in verse 8 and he says, And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four, 20, and, four and twenty elders fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials and full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and hast made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall reign on earth. Turn over to the chapter 7. Chapter 7 and verse 9. And after this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude which no man could number. And here's the great part. This just thrills me. I have actually have it on my prayer card. He says, 
No man could number of all nations and kindreds and peoples and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and what was in their hands? Palms. This is the ultimate Palm Sunday. This is it. And they, they had this palms in their hand. Listen, look at what they said in verse 10. And cried with a loud voice saying, salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the lamb. Salvation to our God. They are lifting them up. Chapter five, it was the same idea. They're lifting them up and they're saying, thou art worthy, O Lord. You are worthy. You are the lamb. You have conquered. You are the lion of the tribe of Judah. You have overcome. You are the one. And then they come over here and these are the ones that have come out of great tribulation. And, and he says, these ones that are holding the palms and they're laying them down before him and they're worshiping him. Listen, folks, God wants to use us to be part of this. He wants to use your life and redeem the pain and the difficulties of your life so that you will take and you will be able to proclaim the grace of God in your life of the difficulties and the ways that you have been mistreated and foully used and all the horrors and all the things that sin has done in your life. And God says, I will use that and I will redeem that so others may see the grace that I have poured out into your life. And they may become part of this group that they will stand there with palms in their hands, with white robes signifying their justification through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that is of every tongue and of every nation. And they are there and you are part of it. Wouldn't you want to be part of that? You're part of it. Allow God to use you as you are who you are, and redeem the pain that is in your life. Let him be not only the king who delivers, but the king who rules. Seek him with all your heart, because you know why? He is there, and he is waiting, and he is looking, and he will redeem the situation of your life and use you to be an integral part of bringing these groups of people from every nation, every group, everywhere in the world to stand before Jesus one day and worship him. Pastor. I'll tell you, as, uh, let's just do this. Let's stand with our heads closed. I just want to have a time of prayer and Open up in uh, just a soft time of invitation. Uh, yeah, you, musicians, you can come. Um, this is what a wonderful reminder from Scripture. The ultimate, I love it, the ultimate Palm Sunday. One day. The question, and I pray the answer is affirmative will you be there? Will you be in that group? with the palms, singing praises to the great I am. As we learned last week, the one who said, I'm the resurrection and the life. The week before, the one that we talked about is the good shepherd. He's the door. The one who said he was the way, the truth, and the life. The one who said he was the bread of life. The one who said he is the light of the world. Will, will you be with that group? Singing praises and giving glory for the fact that 
as Brother Ron so clearly presented, to the one who redeemed the pain out of our lives. He didn't just simply remove it, but he redeemed it and has set us free. Because he lives, we also shall live. I said last week, whether you die, you live, or whether you live, you live in Jesus. What a wonderful promise of Scripture. And I would be remiss that if you're in this room or you're watching online and you have never called out upon the name of the Lord, I want to encourage you to do that right now. Say, Pastor, I don't understand it. Can I be real transparent with you? I don't understand it either. I really don't understand it either. But what I do know is that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's pretty simply put in Scripture. You know what? As a 13-year-old boy, I didn't need to understand it all. I just needed to believe it and to trust Him. So if you're standing here and you say, I've never done that, can I encourage you? By faith, by faith, you say, I'm walking this way. And it's not a good way. I'm walking in my own sin. I'm walking in my own craftiness, as the scripture said. I'm walking according to my own whims and my own ways, but I want to turn. I recognize that this is not right. I need to turn from my, myself and turn to Jesus. Would you just simply tell him that? It's not about some creative, magical words that I can give you some mystery potion. But if you'll call out upon the name of the Lord and say, Jesus, I realize that I'm a sinner. Nobody had to tell me that. I realize that you're perfect, that you're sinless, that you are holy, that you are the one who came and offered yourself on the cross of Christ to redeem not only my pain, but the pain of the whole world. And Jesus, right now in this time, in this place, I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin. I'm asking you to come into my life and begin to change me from the inside out. Can I tell you, it's not about those words, but it is about the desire of your heart and about the faith that you are expressing to God. He will redeem you. He will save you. I encourage you to do that today. Before you ever walk out of this place, before you ever turn the computer or the TV off, I encourage you to do that. You might be here and you say, you know what, it's Palm Sunday. What's the big deal? The big deal is that Jesus, this is the day that we mark, I really like to say, the beginning of the beginning. People were shouting out, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest, and and on and on. And then just a few short days later, we know from Scripture they were screaming to crucify him. And he willingly laid down his life because he loved us. Father, I pray that you, God, you would work in our hearts as only you can. God, thank you for this message, this timely reminder that we preach not ourselves, but we preach Jesus Christ the Lord. God, this reminder of one day there'll be a great Palm Sunday. There'll be a great service where we will be gathered around your throne. Lord, I pray that those who have been hurting, those who have been struggling with their own pain have been reminded once again today that it is your business to redeem pain, to use our sorrow, to use our hurt, to use the discouragement that sometimes we must face so that you can redeem it. Lord, I pray that you'll have your will in your way during this short song of invitation, and we'll give you the praise for it. In Jesus' name, amen.